listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. All right, Sean, important, th- important things first, okay? How's your dick? Mm-hmm. How's your dick? My dick is bent a little bit to the left. Um, the, the flow is kind of blocked in the vast deference. Um, but by I, the, way, the doctor I, says that you know within a couple months I I might be back to normal. You'll be back to normal. I I must say I I'm rather pleased to see that your dick came out of retirement so quickly. It did. It got retired and it just came right back. It's like a rolling. It was stone. like Michael Jordan. It's a Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's Michael Jordan. Jordan. It's like Michael Jordan. It's like I'm out. Ah, I suck at baseball. I'm back in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, well, we apologize to Aunt Teresa and our, yeah. our followers. Sorry, Aunt Teresa. Yeah. But we so had we to tried. know. We tried. We had to know, though. We were concerned. Yeah. So yeah. Um, what movies have you guys seen lately? Hmm. <gasps> what have we seen? I watched uh, Stand Up Guys. Oh. That's what it's called, right? That's the one with um, Walken and Pacino and Arkin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's on Netflix right now. So, um Cute. We were we were having having a night in, and we decided to watch that one. And that movie, it, the script was not good. No, it was not a good script. It was kind. Of, it was a nice idea, but it's worth watching on Netflix for the performances, mm. just because it's Walken and Pacino and Arkin. And I, honestly, I think Arkin kind of steals the show, and he's not even in the whole thing. <laughs> he's good um, at that. He's a good scene. scene is it, really good. Is it like grumpy old gangsters, pretty much? Kinda, yeah. yeah. So Pacino just got out of jail. Um, he he's been in jail for thirty years or something like that. Mm. And um, he find they find out pretty early on that Walken has been tasked. So Pacino was in jail because he had shot somebody, and the father of that dead person um, is trying. It basically asks Walken to kill Pacino, who's actually his best friend. Huh. So um, so now that Pacino's out of jail, Walken has twenty four hours to kill. Pacino, but he obviously doesn't want to do it yet, so um, it's kind of like about Pacino's last 24 hours. They go and they pull Arkin, who was their um, getaway driver, out of a retirement home and kind of give him a a free night or whatever. Mm. So, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. Uh, There's a little bit part with Juliana Margulies, who's in it. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was... Did she play, like, the daughter of one of them? She plays um, Arkin's daughter. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. See, you've always got to have a, like, a a daughter in stories. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there's a right. daughter and there's a granddaughter role. Right? So, yeah. Oh my God. Speaking of that, I saw the new Old Boy. Oh, the Josh, yeah. yeah, the Josh Brolin remake, right? Uh-huh. Where Josh Brolin plays the main character and Elizabeth Olsen plays the female character. You mean so, Scarlet Witch? <laughs> yes, correct. Slash she the will Olsen now twins' be younger sister. Slash Olsen twins' younger sister. Who's my age? Who, who's like she's <laughs> way more talented than two of them combined. Dude, in my personal opinion, seriously, she's, she's so amazing. good. Her career has exploded. It's and it's going to keep growing. Oh my god! Absolutely. Yes. I saw the film that she premiered in, which got garnered her all this attention. It was called um, Martha Mary May Marceline, I okay. believe. Um, okay. This is a complicated, long name. But it's basically this independent film that she had done. 
like not even three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was based on the story of like her being part of a cult and her trying to escape the cult yeah. and um, the psychological aspects of that. And mm-hmm. like she played this character who was so tortured and so traumatized. Yeah. That was just, oh my God, it was, was unreal. Was it a good movie? Oh yeah. Very good movie. It's okay. I, Martha Mary May... Marlene, I believe. Okay. I'm forgetting the name I'll right now. I'll have to check it out. But that, that being said, though, the one that I did see going the back old to boy Old Boy, um, she played the character of, you know, I don't want to give it too much away, but basically the love interest. Okay. And the significance of that role is really fucked up. Like, you have to see Old Boy. Yeah, Sean's laughing because he knows how fucked up it is. Um, and uh, the way I, It was still it, worth the whole movie to see her naked because, I mean, dude, like, right? I just imagine that's what the Olsen twins' bodies look like. <laughs> oh, my no, God. So I can just, no. like, put their Akbar, heads, Akbar, but not stop. their regular heads, like oh. their heads from fucking dude, Full House. Shut up, Akbar. You're a horrible human being. Stop it. You're ruining sorry, my childhood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been sitting here kind of quiet for a while. My dick is broken. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I'm just hey, trying man. to recover. <laughs> anyway, you know, I've seen the old, old boy, the old, old boy, the original one, uh-huh. and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a really fucked up movie. Yeah, it is. I haven't. It's been sitting on my queue. I haven't yeah. found oh, the right Oh, my God. Has anybody ruined space. it for you yet? Right? I only know about the squid eating. The squid eating scene that's is really... That's all you know? The that's all I know. I, At the well, same time. That's good. Because I showed this to my fiance the other day. I was like, we should watch this movie. I had only seen the <laughs> Korean version. I saw it on Netflix. Uh-huh. And by the end, she was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you make me watch that? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, you guys. Both the Korean version and the American version are on mm-hmm. Netflix right now. So, yeah. so <laughs> I, walk him, watch him back I have one of them on my queue. I think it's the Korean version sitting on my queue. Oh, yeah? And so I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. I th- maybe I'll do that tonight. The villain in the American version is played by um, the guy who played King Stefan in Maleficent. Oh. The South African guy. stupid voice more. <laughs> no, here's the thing. He makes a new accent in this one. Oh, okay. And basically he's playing this like, like kind of oh, uh, effeminate, okay. um, like billionaire type character, okay. super manipulative, really evil. Mm. Like the shit that he does to Josh Brolin's character is like unimaginable. But then you look yeah. at, you watch the Korean version and you're like, oh my God, that villain, that one was just unbelievable. But, okay. So I'd say overall, new old boy, it's all right. Pretty good. Josh Brolin, you know, he can hold his own. He's a good mm. actor. It's um, less fucked up than the Korean one, I thought. The ending's yeah. a little different. The pacing of the Korean one was really fucking strange. I think that was the strangest part about it. That might it just for be me. a cultural difference, though. Yeah. Maybe I just felt like even like the editing or the the character choices were very subtle and strange. Hmm. Um, and whereas in this old boy, the Josh Brolin one is very Americanized. It's very like action thriller, you know, sure. fast pack. Like there's no weird subtlety about mm. it. The Korean one though is very paced strangely yeah, yeah so i think that's what sets pe- people off besides the fact that it's a fucked up story yeah right <laughs> extremely fucked up but yeah that's what i saw sean what you been watching i went to the theaters and saw dawn of the return of the king of the conquest of the planet of the apes <laughs> i heard people <laughs> cried when they went and saw it, it was it was really really fucking good it right? was so good i was yeah. so impressed i really enjoyed rise of the planet of the apes Nice. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very clever. I, and I, uh, being a fan of the original, um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the sequels <laughs> to the original more than once, I think. And I was very young. But I really mm-hmm. love the original. And this is, they're, they're building like a set of prequels 
that gets you to where they started in the original. And I thought this installment was way more action-packed. Let's just say this, everyone. If you want to see a chimpanzee riding a fucking horse, screaming and shooting two automatic <laughs> weapons, see this movie. That might be a reason to go see it. Wow. Okay. I'm put that on the top of my list. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> honestly, Planet of the Ips has never been a big draw for me, me in general. Yeah. Um, this one will get you. And Andy Serkis is fucking brilliant in it. I've never seen a Planet of the Apes movie all the way through. Oh, no, huh? No, because it's just never held any appeal to me, which is interesting because, I mean, it's sci-fi. So yeah, you think figure. I would be more on board. It's just never... It's Do you think ne- that the monkey, the humans in monkey suits thing is just not appealing? So I think it's actually because I do have a major pet peeve of people dressed as animals. Right? Yeah, furries. It's, yeah, it's I know. the same reason why I can't watch cats. I, I just... No kidding. It weirds me out. It's... <laughs> the, in Wicked, there's a part with the flying monkeys, but the flying monkeys are people in monkey suits, and that really weirds me out. See, I, this is why you're going to have no problem with these newer ones, because it's straight up chimpanzee the effects are at the point the effects are at the point where at no at no time did i ever think it wasn't real and in this one it even expands more on their what they can do with the cgi and how they can make all these animals look so perfect so different the movement of the animals is so real except for the fact that my niece-in-law pointed out that there's no way an orangutan could fit on a horse uh, which that, is true, that is but true. the orangutans still look perfect. Good, good. Okay, <laughs> I'll believe it. Well, maybe who, it's worth seeing then. Who's the one actor who played uh, Blue Eyes? You know the one, the monkey with the blue eyes. Like they keep calling him Blue <laughs> Eyes. Green Eyes. Was it Green Eyes or Blue Eyes? Or green Eyes was in the last one, but Green Eyes was the name of uh, of Caesar's mother. Caesar's mm. the ape that James Franco raises and ends up the the one that's super intelligent. Wasn't given any any kind of. Um, virus like the other ones were because they were testing out an alzheimer's medication on these chimpanzees and it was the the uh, the mother flips out in the first one Uh and they end up having to put it down and not realizing that the reason it was flipping out was because it had a baby in its cage and the baby had the green eyes just like the mom because that was a side effect of the virus that they gave it Mm. so caesar is green eyes all grown up so he or no is green eyes his son and is all grown up and is the one who's the leader of all the apes because this one takes place after did you guys see rise of the planet of the apes no nope oh my god (laughs) like (laughs) three years old what was wrong with you did no one tell you to see that movie no no i think tim burton ruined it for me Sorry. No, fuck Tim Burton. That is yeah, a garbage. Not that one. That's the one that no, ruined this it, though. Is I like, space this is, in it. No, it doesn't ruin shit. This is a total reboot 10 years later. Why oh, would okay. you think that that had anything to do with this new one? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not interested. Those were people in suits, by the way, not CGI yeah, perfect looking yeah. chimpanzees. That's a good point. I may, uh, all right. All right. You, you, you have The first one is me. sadder than this new one. Yeah. And this Sarah. new one is still pretty sad in parts. It looks like we got to have a girl's night. Then. Yeah. We need to have a monkey girl's night. <laughs> <laughs> a monkey girl's night. <laughs> and you know what movie we should also watch since we'll be watching movies about chimps? Yeah. Ed. What? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. We are going to watch the wonderful movie starring a chimp named Ed, oh. Joey from Friends, yes. and the great sport... Of baseball. Yeah. All yes. right. And with that, on that note, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Noberry. And I'm Sean Moriarty. Yeah, segue like a boss. You're a fucking segue. Like a boss. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Ryan really... Talk to corporate like a boss. <laughs> yes. Segue like a boss. Yes. So. <laughs> Meet a giant fish. 
fuck its brains fuck out. Its brains out. <laughs> <laughs> that song is so fucked. Uh, yeah, it. so it's summer. It's warm. And if you didn't realize, it's baseball season. Mm-hmm. So we thought it would only be appropriate to reel in the nerdiest sports guy I know and have Sean lead us in this wonderful discussion of baseball movies. Yes. Yes. Fearless leader. E- even though I am I am balls to the walls, a huge nerd when it comes to sci-fi, some fantasy, and superhero movies especially. No, absolutely. I am actually a huge baseball, hockey, and football nerd. I'm, I'm not sure if anybody knew that, but especially hmm. baseball and the greatest baseball team to ever grace the earth with its presence, the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, buddy. Who he, are currently losing to the Dodgers, I'm yes, assuming right yes, now. Yes, they are. They, yeah. they got their asses <laughs> kicked last night. Like, speaking you know, of last the night, they lost 5 nothing, and the night before that, they lost 8-1. to one. Oh. Bad, so, bad. Yeah. Last time I went to a Giants game, I went um, when they were playing the Cardinals about a month, no, less than a month ago, mm. when they lost to the Cardinals, too. We're in the Bay Area, yep. and the Bay Area is a great place for sports. It is a great place for sports. Mm-hmm. I grew up as an Oakland A's fan, because yeah. I am from East Bay. Nice. So My Hood first rat. thing was an, was an A's <laughs> Hood game. Hood rat, shut up, I grew up in the burbs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, my first baseball game was an A's game, too, yep, so there you, go. you gotta hand it to it. There you it's go. baseball Actually, in the Bay. Actually, my first Giants game. Yeah, that's game. because tickets are like 50 cents and you get a hot dog, a drink, and an autograph with it. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> no, I know, I know. $2 Tuesdays now are no longer $2 hot dogs, but it's $2 parking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which is weird because everybody takes BART anyway. But. Yeah, right? Well, no, the thing is, is you pay $2 to park there, and then the people that work there steal your car stereo, your oh, GPS, <laughs> and then they sell that for way more than $2. I will, I will tell you, it's pretty funny to go to that stadium and then go to the Giants stadium, and you're like, wow, we are at a whole other tax bracket. <laughs> it's really sad because they make a joke that like the barbed wire that surrounds yes. the East stadium is supposed to keep the players in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, come on now. Really now I enjoy the A's. Look, we've the gotten to a A's point are now. Having I do great too. Season. Oh yeah, they have yeah. the best record in all of baseball. They have no, an average great. of six eighteen. They're over. They have over sixty wins. They're no, doing they're, very well. They're it's just Oakland is a scary place. <laughs> certain parts, yes. Yeah, certain, certain parts. Certain parts. Really Up scary. on the hill with Joe Montana and the other rich folk. Not so scary. Not so scary. And then there's like the hipster part of Oakland, which is pretty nice. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's any city in California, honest to God, surely. But Oakland has a special reputation. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, look at the Raiders, you know. Oh, God. I mean, Bay Area sports is notoriously aggressive. Yeah. You know, sharks, the Sharks are not that great of a team, but their fans are one of the greatest fan bases. How fucking dare you? No, no, no. Here's the thing. Unfortunately, I'm saying the Sharks are good, but. The Sharks fan I know, base. I know. You just, you gotta watch how you say it. But yes, they do have a great fan base, yeah. but the problem is, is that fan base is so local yeah. to South Bay and Peninsula. Yeah. When you go up, I went up to a sports bar um, that was further up in East Bay, uh-huh. and it, it, we had to convince them to turn on the hockey game what? because there weren't any hockey fans there. Jeez. It's the weirdest. Anyway, point big. We're, <laughs> but we digress. We digress. Baseball. Baseball. The Being great American pastime. Yes, which I find very, I find it interesting. I feel like baseball has lost a certain amount of common appeal. I don't think mm. it's mm. America's pastime the way it was, say, in like the early 1900s. True that. True See, debt. that's that. I hear that all the time. But Major League Baseball has reported an uptick in fans and in ratings consistently. It gets more and Have more. Have they really? Year. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like some of the best controversies definitely happen kind of from that heyday yeah. of mm. of baseball. Um, I'm and and the movies that come from that are always really great. I mm, eight exactly. men out. 
Mm. Amen yeah. Out is a great baseball movie and it a great is. John Cusack But we're getting movie. ahead of ourselves. We are. We are. Sorry. We are getting ahead of so, ourselves. Go ahead, so, Sean. So let's start from the beginning of, of baseball in film because this is a film podcast after all. Yep. Now, the first film that uh, I researched is called The Ball Game and it was uh, in 1898. It was a silent film done by... Not done by, I'm not sure who it was shot by, but it was uh, produced by Thomas Edison, a.k.a. the douchecock that stole everything from everyone. This is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, I, I call this the first time someone pointed a camera at baseball, not necessarily the first <laughs> baseball that. film, because it was just a baseball game that Thomas Edison set up a camera next to and filmed about, you know, a minute of, of the right. game, and that was yeah. it. It's on YouTube, yeah. and it's a very interesting piece. I mean, you yeah. watch it, and it, the camera work is really, like... Real time, you mm-hmm. know, like so yep. you can tell someone's holding it and like shaking it around. It's just old timey sure. camera footage, which is very interesting because, um, you know, who decided to start filming baseball in the first place? Because mm. to be honest, I mean, <laughs> granted, I'm sure it's different. It was different back then before um, everybody was hopped up on steroids. But like, <laughs> they all look like middle aged dads, playing right? Baseball. But like, baseball's a slow game. Yeah. So, I mean, thank God for movies and editing to speed this stuff up. True that. True that. And, like, the intensity yeah. and when it matters. Yeah, but I, I find that really interesting, though, that somebody was like, let's just film a game. A sports <laughs> Like, that's cool. Like, it's action-packed yeah. and all that. So, but yeah, okay. no, yeah, the, 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 this one's a pretty interesting one. You can check it out. Cool. Yeah. And then it was about 17 years after that that we had another significant baseball movie, which was the uh, first feature-length baseball film, which was also the first baseball player biopic. It's called Right Off the Bat, and it was about a uh, baseball player named Mike Donlin, also known as Turkey Mike. Uh, but the, the weird thing about this guy is, is that he actually was a baseball player, so that the movie is about him. He plays himself in it, right? Yeah. And oh, that's sorry. in 1915, hey, but hey, before... Sh- oh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's the, the dog barked. So, uh, I don't know if you guys remember from last week, had a dog in here, still have a dog in here. <laughs> And some somebody closed a car door out there, and he got a little freaked out. So it's all good. He Sorry. loves baseball, though. He so. loves baseball. He likes hockey he more, does. but he's wearing a shirt's nah. collar. This is true. I love how people always project their likes and loves on the animals. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. dogs resemble their owners. You gotta yep. think of it that way. There we go. Schnookums right. really likes desperate housewives. Don't you schnookums? You love us <laughs> <and> desperate housewives. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Then I, Sorry. Would, I would feel really bad if it's like Mitzi loves True Blood. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes. She loves those yeah buyers. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! So this movie, right off the bat, so this this guy Mike Donlin plays himself in it in 1915. But prior to that, he'd actually left the game of baseball in 1908 to become a stage actor in a in a play that was also about baseball, which ran for three years, and so. Once that play was done, he ended up having to go back to baseball. So he played for a little bit more. And then once his career was over, he went back to acting. And like the first thing he did was a movie about himself. And he played himself. (laughs) And then he had a lot of smaller roles up until uh, the early 30s when he died. But I thought it was so weird that this guy. And you want to know what it was? Is that um, he was making more money acting in this small theater production that he was playing baseball because at the time baseball players weren't getting paid shit. That's sad. <laughs> well, but Hey, you found a new passion. Ar- arguably they're overpaid now, but Oh know. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. 
Um, yeah, if you okay. think about a starting pitcher, a high-profile starting pitcher's salary, considering they play once every five or six games, and then you think about how much, how long it takes for an average game to go, and you think about how much they're getting paid for a minute, it makes you want to fucking hang yourself. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's hyperbole. Don't really hang yourself, children. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> no, actually do that. Yeah. yeah. See what you're we saying. here at Nerdonomy do not condone suicide. <laughs> no, but we do condone choking yourself while masturbating. That goes for guys and girls. God. But don't go full blown carotene. So never. Don't no, go carotene. Uh-uh. Don't trip. Yeah. <laughs> Back to baseball. All right. What's next, Sean? Oh uh, yeah. After that, so between like 1915 and 1927, there's about two baseball movies a year that are coming out on average. So this mm. that that movie had kind of cemented baseball films as something that was successful. Mm-hmm. And then in 1927, which was a huge year for baseball, we had six different movies that were baseball themed that came out that year. And the reason that 1927 is so popular in baseball is because that's the year that the Yankees had Murderer's Row, which was Lou yeah. Gehrig, Babe Ruth, and then um, who are these other guys' names? Earl Combs, <laughs> Earl Combs, Tony Lazari, Mark Koenig, Bob Musil or Muscle, I can't remember how to pronounce it. That's also the year that Babe Ruth set the, se- uh, the single season home run record with 60. Wow. Which was huge because that didn't get broken until 1961 by Roger Maris when him and yeah. um, Rick, Mickey Mantle were chasing that record. So, so baseball murderers- was actually a thing of like celebrity. Yeah, yeah, it was so, and it was so huge that in 1927, Babe Ruth actually played himself in a silent movie called "Babe Comes Home," and That's his name crazy. was Babe in the movie. It's a lost <laughs> film, though. We, oh. we there's no record of it anymore. Uh, but it was on a it was on a very strange format that was new for the time that had sound effects and music attached to the film that played with it, but no dialogue. Huh. It's called it? Voca Film oh. for the super film nerds out there. Wow. Interesting. So, see, it sounds like the golden age for baseball, really. Well, it was. And also, um, I think it was 1929 when that, like right before the Great Depression, when um, there was the controversy when it was in the World Series and some players were, um, they thought they that threw they, were, the they threw the World Series. Was it was it the White 19- Sox. Was it 1919 that they fixed it or something? Yeah, it was 19. It was God. It was 1919 or 1918? Mm. It was the late teens. Yeah. And do you want to know why the White Sox threw the World Series that year? It was because the money that the mob was going to pay them to fix all the betting uh-huh. was more than what they were getting paid, and this is kind of what led to a rise in pay- in player salaries because these teams were making a killing right. and the mob not is paying the, the players shit. Yeah. No. Wow. No. I mean, t- you 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 always have to blame men f- and women for their decisions, no matter what the you know. That yeah. that's the more accepted way to think about it now. But it, honestly, like even, shoeless Joe Jackson, who you shoeless know pops Joe. up in Field of Dreams too. Yeah. You could never. They could never really prove. And now it's yeah, it's pretty clear he didn't throw the World Series because he hit for a great average. He made every play that he could. And well, that was hit to him. Like they, they could never prove that he was, other than the fact that they, what they could prove was that he knew about it and didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, like what I guess I'm trying to say is like the mob was a big contributing factor for oh, yeah. why there was a shift. Yeah. In you know, in 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 paying these players mm. because yeah, here you go from them, pe- you know, being. I, I mean, in a roundabout you know, way, yes, but I don't think we should be to... thanking the mafia for much. <laughs> Aside from great entertainment. True this. I will say, there are some really good mafia movies out there. I know. Yes, there are. (laughs) So that leads us then into talking about Casey at the Bat. 
Yes, Casey at the Bat. So, like, mm-hmm. a super famous poem, right? I have a piece of it, actually. I, I pulled it up right now, and I read it for the first time. Oh, you've never read it before? No. Oh, my gosh. I've seen, like, I've seen it performed as skits before. Really? I've, yeah, I've, I've seen a cartoon it. version it's of cartooned. it. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. This is, this is huge. This is, like, one of those... It's it's just so wrapped up in Dude, Americana. My favorite part is uh, the last it was stanza, I guess. Stanza, yeah. It says, "Oh, somewhere in his in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light, and somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out." Yeah. Finn. <laughs> and that's like, and wow. that's crazy. I think it's really nice to kind of capture the. Uh, the level of emotion that people actually do feel when when watching a baseball game, when you're really invested in a mm-hmm. team, you know, you really do feel the highs and lows of that, which makes it compelling for art, you know? Definitely. Makes it a compelling poem, makes it a compelling movie. The story of how this poem came into being, too, is something mm-hmm. of fascination because yeah. it went from obscurity to inspiring people mm-hmm. to you know really re- reveling in the masses yeah. and i mean there's a, a film based off of it is that yeah, what that's you know? that's what that's what sean's talking about yeah. there was a film based on yeah. the poem's older the poem's right. way older but poem's way older 1888 is when it was written mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so no, sorry. yeah 18 yep. i wrote you wrote 1988 on your notes and i was like that's wrong <laughs> Well, that's when, that's when Marty McFly wrote it, and then he went back in time and gave it to this poet in a coffee shop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. So the great thing about Casey at Bat, too, is, the, is that it, it is a story of failure. And anybody who's a baseball fan or who has paid enough attention to baseball knows that the game is mostly failure. I mean, you're yeah. talking about a sport where a good hitter, a really good hitter, hits, hits the ball one out of every three times that they're at bat. Right. Yeah. So you're talking about like this is inspiring because it's like, you know, this game is going to be failure more often than it's going to be success. Mm -hmm. You just have to power through and know that there's going to be, you know, we're talking about a sport with 162 game season. There's going to be another game tomorrow. Yeah. You have another chance to make up for it. Well, that and you're it's the anticipation. There's a lot of suspense Mm -hmm. that's built into baseball because, you know, I if you've ever watched a game that's going, it's tied and going into extra innings and with every single pitch and every, like the, in the two minutes in between every fucking pitch, <laughs> you're just like, Oh my God. Oh, yes. you're all like on the edge of your seat. Like, <laughs> which, which actually reminds me that major league baseball hired David Fincher to direct all extra <laughs> innings in baseball. God. What a throwback. Yes. <laughs> oh my Call God. If that was, oh my God, if well, that was the case. It makes sense because yeah, you see, you remember when the giants won the world series? Like, Oh, twice? I fucking remember. Okay. You remember twice. the, yeah, dude, like, holy shit, the amount of celebrations yeah. and just outcries and mm-hmm. the level of And you're just joy. sitting there thinking like, oh, <laughs> this is what Yankees fans feel like sometimes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's hey. fucked up, but it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> Yankees have so many They've won the most wor- World Series out of any. They've won like 27 yes. or 28 World Series. Yes. It's but you know ridiculous. What? Yeah. You know what? Together we are giant. Okay? Okay? No, I know. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> but still. Speaking of the Yankees. There's a, reason why the, there's a reason why the Yankees are the most overpaid players. So, Sarah, let me ask you. Uh-huh. Who is the pride of the Yankees? Ah, uh, fucking Ooh. <laughs> Mr. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. Oh, yeah. Of the disease. Yes. Yes, a player so good they named a disease after him. (laughs) 
I mean, I know that sounds really fucked up, but it's like, that's how I know Lou Gehrig, so I'm really sorry. <laughs> Lou Gehrig is also known as ALS. Yeah. <laughs> Originally known as ALS, but that's unfortunately the disease that he passed away from. Right. Um, but Sean, would at you the, like to touch yeah, on the Yeah, at the very the young age. The very young age of 37. Mm. And uh, The Pride of the Yankees was a movie in 1942 that came out that was that was huge. It, I think it was the first baseball movie to really get critical acclaim on the level of some of the greatest movies in history. It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. Gary Cooper played Lou Gehrig. Um, it, it, he was nominated for Best Actor. It was nominated for Best Film, Best Writing, Best Cinematography. Best. It won Best Editing. I mean, if um, Gary Cooper's playing, you know, Jesus. Yeah, Gary you know Cooper, right? Fucking Gary Cooper. And it's it's got a lot of historical inaccuracies. They even like I mean, even though that that Lou Gehrig's speech was pretty common knowledge at the time, they completely redid his his final speech, his farewell speech from the Yankees organization, mm. which I didn't think was necessary. But why do you uh, think they did it though? I don't know, just to take dramatic license and you know writers yeah, are like, yeah. you know, well, we can't just put this straight in there. I have to craft something that's new and original and all Can we do it better? Tugs yeah. on the heartstrings more. Meh, whatever. Yeah. Something that maybe have fit with their adaptation yeah. of the story in the first place. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and the movie doesn't have a whole lot of baseball action in it. A lot of that's montages showing you like big hits, big games, showing you zoom in photos of newspapers, which they still do today with baseball movies. Um, mm-hmm. And then the movie's mostly about his life and 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 you know how great of a person he was, exaggerating that of course in some parts, and then his untimely death. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was such a huge like. I mean, back this is when there weren't that many baseball teams, and and the Yankees were gods, and especially the twenty seven Yankees, and like he was just a well loved human being all across the country. So that's mm-hmm. why the movie really you know hit home for everyone. Interesting. Well, yeah. what about what? What would you say then, Sean? Is probably your favorite baseball movie. Oh my god! Why you gotta ask me that shit? It's gotta be like a three way to tw- to twelve way tie. To twelve, <laughs> twelve way. I love baseball movies. I really love baseball movies. I own most of them that have nice. come out in the last thirty years. Okay, uh, cool. But I'd say if I had to pick one, yeah, man, just try. If your I had best. to pick one, a try. league of their own. A league of their own, league of their own is yes. really good. Good choice. Tom Hanks in that movie is so he's, fucking he's so priceless. Good. Tom yeah. Hanks is Madonna. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about women at the top of their game. This is the quintessential 90s baseball movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really good. It's about women. Even though it's yeah. sort of the quintessential 40s baseball movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's the 90s movie in the sense that, like, you remember movies from the 90s? It's, it's like, definitely a 90s movie in the sense that they're like, let's be nostalgic about this thing, or like, let's teach people about this thing because they may not have known about it. True that. True and that. let's show some kick-ass women while we're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, for my callback, I'd have to say Angels in the Outfield is my favorite. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's you know? a really good one. Another 90s yeah. like inspirational yeah. movie. There's one thing about baseball movies that I love is that they're always an inspirational tale. This is oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always some like underdog element to it Hell or something yeah. like that. Um yeah. I would have to say Sandlot. Oh yeah. That's probably yeah, my favorite that, baseball that movie. But, there for me but that's because that one I mean, that one is more than a baseball movie. Totally. It is absolutely more than base. It's a coming of age story. It's a story of triumph and all that good stuff um i another notable one that i really liked when i was a kid was um take me out to the ball game which is a 19 it's a 1949 baseball movie with frank sinatra and gene kelly so it was a musical nice yeah (laughs) 
Um, and Esther, Esther Williams was in it. It was it was just a really fun movie. <laughs> um, but I mean, all Gene Kelly movies were fun. So, what did you guys think of Moneyball? Oh, I, I loved liked it. Moneyball. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I, I fucking was, love that movie. Right? I was so frustrated because so I went to go see that. Um, with a bunch of people, we actually were at, we saw that at the drive-ins. Oh, nice! And it was really frustrating because I was like, "No, this is a talking movie. You have to pay attention to what's going on." <laughs> and like, people are just like chit-chatting, mangling, whatever. Some people are like, "I'm bored," and I'm Aww. like, "What are you talking about? This is super freaking fascinating." And it's like we're talking about the A's, like right when I was around. This is right at the time when I was becoming an A's super fan. Nice. So I was like, nice. "Oh my god, I remember all of this." It was great. Good times. I mean, great. I'm a big Brad Pitt fan, obviously. Well, yeah. So it I'll was a big, be. you know, triumph for me there. But at the same time, I was I was really impressed with how many Oscar nominations it got. Yeah, right? it was really impressive. Yeah. It totally was a huge popular yeah. hit at the Oscars. Yeah. Jonah Hill, talk about a coming out party for him. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody had really taken him seriously up until that point. Yeah. And he really gained a ton of recognition. And Absolutely. I was thinking, this he, guy's... He wouldn't have gotten, like, you know, he wouldn't have nominated for... Wall Street. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Talk, you know, talk about the man finally hitting hitting his stride. Sure, sure. So definitely, and then the supporting actor role, but he's going to mm-hmm. be pulling some serious leads, I think, mm-hmm. eventually. Um, but as far as, like, quintessential baseball movies, like, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, Even though it's hokey and corny as fuck. It is. It's still really good. I mean, yeah. corny, quite literally, it's in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Sarah! Oh my Thanks, God! Eric. <laughs> wow! Wow! He, made the, he said it, not me. Oh I'm my just God. pointing it out. I I need to like take pause right now and realize what you just did. That I was know. beautiful. It's, my boyfriend makes a lot of puns, and so you, I have to hear them all the time. You just I did that up. so deadpan. I, I was did. So impressed. I did. We should make a sequel called Rink of Dreams, where it's a hockey rink <gasps> built in oh a wheat field <laughs> and fucking. And, no, you know, no, and like dude, Maurice no, uh, Richard and hockey, shit. No, seriously, a hockey rink on like an iced over lake, like somewhere in like Manitoba or something Manitoba. like Manitoba. <laughs> yeah. Dude, or like how they do with the Airbud movies and they change the sport every time. Yeah. They just like change yeah. the name. Was there a to baseball Airbud? There yes, was there a was. baseball for oh Airbud. Oh my God. There um, was a volleyball one, a baseball one, a basketball yeah. one, I, a okay. football one, golden receiver. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's awesome. But I got to say, so. Oh, Marty, come on. Wait, he, like, totally so tried to jump on the chair. It says this Airbud about basketball. Airbud Golden Receiver is about football. Airbud World Pup is about soccer. Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch is about yep. oh baseball. And Airbud Spikes Back is about volleyball. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This is so oh stupid. Shit. Oh Next will be Airbud's Wicked Googly. Airbud Plays Cricket. <laughs> I want to see Airbud curling and Airbud curling, Airbud Air karate. Curling. <laughs> oh God, Airbud luge, Airbud luge, <laughs> Airbud gymnastics. Uh, oh my God, Airbud, um, Airbud Air javelining. <laughs> So, guys, let's talk about some other baseball yeah, movies well, that are real notable. Quick, I, we have to talk about Field of Dreams a little bit more than just saying. Yeah, you're cornfield. right. You're right. If you build it, they will come. Is absolutely one of like the most like memorable moving lines for like forever, forever yeah. and always. It will be yeah. in the lexicon. Um, James Earl Jones is wicked cool in that movie. Um, Ray Liotta playing yeah. Shoeless Joe, yeah. the ghost yep. of Shoeless Joe, yeah. was Sarah, fantastic. You know what I'm noticing right now? You're bringing up everybody except except for, for fucking Kevin Costner <laughs> because I fucking hate Kevin Costner. You love Field of Dreams. I'm sure Kevin Costner is a. Per- 
perfectly awesome person in real life. I am not a fan of his acting. And so I love Field of Dreams, except for fucking Kevin Costner. This is now a point in our episode, everybody, where we're just going to talk about how much we love movies and hate Kevin Costner. I love Bull it's Durham, true because but I fucking uh, yeah. hate Kevin Costner. No, and have you guys seen For Love of the Game, the Sam Raimi baseball movie with Kevin yeah. Costner? Oh, my God. That's yeah. a great movie, but I fucking hate... <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> I actually kind of liked Waterworld, except I fucking hate Kevin Costner. Oh, oh, oh. And I know Waterworld oh, was not a good movie, but I still liked it. I liked it. I didn't like you know Kevin what? Costner. But it really, uh, me hating Kevin Costner really helped me enjoy his performance in Man of Steel because I was like, "You're that's fucking right. You stand there and let that tornado fucking kill you. Oh, you piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> brutal. Oh, you are a it, was bad it was catharsis. It was catharsis. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, that being said, though, yeah, like Field of Dreams was a fantastic film, one of the most iconic baseball movies and iconic films too. Mm-hmm. And what is it about Kevin Costner? Why is he in all these baseball movies? <sighs> it's because Sports. he fucking loves baseball. He looks well, like he, a dad. I he, mean, he and loves... he played the shit out of baseball. Yes, he loves baseball. He played baseball. He also has the everyman quality. There we go. We were talking about that earlier. So. There is something about him that it he does <laughs> Wait a second. Do I know. you mean he has the everyman quality as his acting performances are vacuous and you can just put any personality in your own head on top sure. of it? <laughs> I mean that's what oh. I, <laughs> I mean he seems like he's your <laughs> Best friend's dad. He is your best friend's dad wearing the, you know... With the mullet. With the sweater from Cal Poly and the jeans and the sneakers. Yeah, who and works the, on yeah, his boat it, every but, Sunday. Yeah, but, yeah, but at the same time, the one that the sits game. on his porch and creepily watches you and his Ew. daughter in bikinis oh, no, at the pool. No, no, not that kind of dad. dad. Not that one. We're talking about the Midwest, like, regular... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, the Midwest. <laughs> hey... Watch yourself. Not even there, though. But you Let's know how to offend the entire Midwest today. Well, Sarah and I were talking, though, like, how why he did Robin Hood. Um, yeah, because Robin Hood is, he's supposed to be a defender of the everyman. There you go. However, don't take somebody who can't do an English accent and give them a <laughs> typical English role. It makes no sense. He yes. can't, he can't do an English accent, but man, he can fucking make out with dirt. And yes, that's really what he matters. Can. <laughs> he really can. However, Christian Slater totally steals that movie from oh, me. Oh, man. I had a fat crush on him in that movie. Oh, shit. Okay, well, <laughs> I will say Kevin in The Untouchables okay. was pretty good. Okay. Because he was just being, you know, that kind of subtle, like, quiet, sure. you know, silent sure. but deadly type. And he does that pretty well. <laughs> like a fart? Kind of, sort of. Okay. <laughs> Costner is definitely a fart. <laughs> oh, my God. The yeah. human fart, Kevin Costner. Wow. <laughs> the human fart. Wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> just, just. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's my impression of Kevin Costner. <laughs> wow. Why do I feel like I just got the condensed version of Dances with Wolves right now? <laughs> That's all you need to know, baby. (laughs) Dry land is not a myth. I've seen it. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Kevin Costner doing what's in the box. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Uh, okay, so <laughs> speaking of offending the entire Midwest, let's talk about a movie that is the only good thing to ever happen to the Cleveland Indians. Major, Major League. league. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that is so literally I'm good. thinking about their like the last 50 years of Major League Baseball and the Cleveland Indians and I'm like Major League the movie is the only good thing that's ever happened. Oh. To Dude, that movie is so good. Charlie Sheen. Oh, kills yeah. it. Did you guys see yep. 42, the movie about Jackie Robinson? I did see that I one. I actually have not. No. I have I saw it. It What'd was a typical biopic. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel like it was anything special. I thought like that I thought like it was a good story. Obviously, sure. Jackie Robinson is a great story. Great African American success story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. However, I felt like the movie just <sighs> It felt like a really strong attempt at being like a Steven Spielberg, let's talk about history kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it, so it, the movie so itself, it. I can't remember. Mm, I couldn't watch it just because I, I respect Jackie Robinson and what he meant to the game and everything he overcame. But I, it's you, he's he's a Dodger. So <laughs> he's a Dodger. He's, he's a, a Dodger. So it's like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> like what you were saying though, about 42, how it was trying to be a Spielberg movie and it yeah. just wasn't succeeding. It Why do you think that? It just felt like a typical based on true story movie. Mm-hmm. I felt it like this, the score was good, but not great. The acting was good, but not great. The script yeah. was good, but it not great. Mm, it, but it had it had the look and feel of being like a good, solid 7 out of 10 movie. The actor who played Jackie himself yeah. was a pretty he was good pretty good person. Yeah, it was, pretty good it was all good. It wasn't remarkable, though. That. So. That's All right, so we're running out of time here. Let's let's run down and name a couple movies that we that we love that we haven't been able to talk to and just talk about them briefly for like two three seconds. All okay. right. All right. I want to start with sixty one. It was a made for HBO movie starring Thomas Jane as Mickey Mantle and Barry Pepper as Roger Maris, both chasing Babe Ruth's record in nineteen sixty one. Directed by Billy Crystal. Amazing movie <laughs> and also one of the best baseball movies ever. Oh, okay. snap. Okay. Uh, Bull Durham. I mentioned it already. Oh, but, God. Um, so good. And I think and I think what really sold the... I, I love Susan Tarandon in that movie. I absolutely yeah. love she's her ama- in that she's movie. The, she's the main character of that movie, I realized last night. She she really is. She did a really good job of... I mean, because the thing is, is women are not baseball players, right? But she gave a good, interesting role of a woman who goes alongside baseball and loves baseball. And, I mean, it's it's pretty sexy <laughs> i believe in the church of baseball there you go I but that's the first line of the movie yeah yeah <laughs> and it's and it's kind of sexy and it's a really funny movie and mm. um and it's it's just a good one i think that people should watch it all right here's one the natural with robert redford and glenn Ooh, yes. close and robert duvall and kim basinger um robert redford and his you know in his prime truly and and definitely in talent and attractiveness hello mm, um yes. but yeah a very good retrospective on a person with natural talent. I don't, yeah, I don't care how high his pants are hiked up. I'd fuck him in that movie. <laughs> yes. His pants are hiked up to like over his shoulders. Oh nice. my god! And, and so Sean, uh, you listed rookie of the year. That's the one with Dennis Quaid, right? No, no, no. that's the rookie. Rookie of the, the year rookie. is the one with the kid who gets his arm broken and then the tendons <gasps> oh, heal all fast. And he, he, it's a kid that pitches for the it. Cubs. Yeah. Mm. And fucking for- Gary Busey's in that movie. I completely nice. forgot about that movie because that that was like right around the same time as Angels in the Outfield. Oh, yep, right? it was the it was it was a year before. Oh my god! There were a lot of kids' love- baseball movies in the '90s: The Sandlot, yes. Little Big League, Rookie of yeah. the Year. 
Angels, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield was yeah. one of my favorite movies, like, ever, anyway. Right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, man. That oh movie's had God, a profound effect on me. Up. When I hit a foul ball in softball, I close my eyes and imagine that possibly Christopher Lloyd will be pulling on the foul pole. I mean, so that's what I always hope for. <laughs> I always close my eyes and imagine Christopher Lloyd all the time. All the time. All the time. Morty. <laughs> I'm just like, one of these days, one of these days a DeLorean will appear. One of these days. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I mean, that that was a really, oh my God, I completely forgot about Rookie of the Year. That was a really, really sweet one. Have you, either of you seen Mr. Baseball starring Tom Selleck? No. Oh my God. So Tom Selleck plays this. Tom Selleck mustache. It's (laughs) it's so good. First of all, his mustache got best supporting actor that year. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Tom Selleck in this movie plays a guy who is kind of a down and out player who's been released to the minors and instead he decides to go to Japan and play in uh, Japanese baseball league to kind of and then he's kind of trying to get his groove back and he falls in love with the the manager of his team's daughter but at the same time it's just an awesome baseball movie and it actually showcases um, some of the the culture the baseball culture in Japan is huge oh like yeah their their baseball culture is even more devout than ours to a certain we're, degree, I think. We're getting more and, and more It's a good Japanese glimpse of that, players. and it's a really funny and entertaining movie. you got to check nice. it out if you haven't seen it. You guys, would Space Jam qualify as no. like, a hy- like a hybrid baseball that's movie? A that's a fucking basketball that's movie. That's a basketball but, movie. But like, it starts out with him being in because baseball. Because it was all of us sitting there and acknowledge that, acknowledging that Michael Jordan should never play baseball, and he just <laughs> needs to stick to what he knows. So then there, yeah, that, that is kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly, I mean, which is basketball pr- and gambling. Yes. I mean, there's a part with golf in there, too, but it doesn't make it a golf movie. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, that's like Roxy. saying the cutting edge is a hockey movie. Shut up. Because <laughs> there's cutting 15 edge. seconds of hockey footage in the beginning. You fucking right. asshole. The exactly. cutting edge. Exactly. Do not bring that movie into this room. Uh, and how about another one that is more of a... Interesting kids movie. Sean, I know I, you want to talk about this. Bad News Bears. Oh, snap. Oh, my God. I watched that the other night, and I could not believe what they got away with showing children saying. Uh, that, okay, I we can bleep this, but one of the lines the kid says at the very beginning when Mal- Walter Matthau is meeting the team and putting them together, this little mouthy kid who's mouthy through the whole movie goes, all we got on this team is nicks, Jews, spits, and a moron that picks his nose. Oh my oh god. Straight up what this kid says. But do you think this is the movie where Tate Mo- O'Neill like lost her innocence or what? <laughs> According to her book about herself, the year before that movie came out is when she says her dad's drug dealer molested her. Oh my god. Wow. Oh my god. And, but but everybody else in her family all says that she did that because she her career was shit and it was something to put her back in the spotlight. To so say that? there's no telling. Uh, well, yeah. drug addiction makes anyone into you know, <sighs> who they're not, who they really are not. Yeah, that's so that's rough. That's a damn shame. But bad news bears. I mean, I mean that's a classic movie. I mean they did a remake. They did with Billy no, Bob Thornton. They no, they did. They never remade that movie, Sarah. <laughs> you will not I don't know what you're talking sh- about. You say, my name is Sean Moriarty, and I publicly disavow. <laughs> I denounce this movie. I denounce this movie. <laughs> did you Did you see the remake, Sean? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will not see that movie. Bring okay. me Billy Bob Thornton. Bring me his and head. And drag him through the town square. <laughs> and I want him wearing Angelina Jolie's blood around his neck like a fucking douchebag. 
Oh, oh God. My gosh. <laughs> you, 90s references, yo. I know. Did you Dude. know that Billy Bob Thornton actually has a fear of antiques? A fear what? of antiques. I know. It's really weird. Like, uh, yeah, they're all haunted. Of, all antiques are no, haunted. He seriously has a fear of like antique furniture or something like that. I'm trying to remember. There was like, I heard a thing fuck? from a movie saying that he had... Um, so one actor was showing him antique furniture offset just to kind of elicit weird reactions out of him when he was on on screen just to fuck with them that's fucked up i know that's it's why really... we've never seen him in a period piece you can't fucking dress a set properly <laughs> maybe if you did it all green screen there yeah, you go. billy bob's too ugly for period pieces <laughs> Not, well i don't know man you put him in a civil war movie and be like yep that's what they look like <laughs> maybe but, uh, I feel like I've he was always oh, he was in the alamo not yeah, a lot of furniture in the, in the Alamo, Alamo though. Not no. a lot of furniture in the no. Alamo. <laughs> the Alamo was a fairly good movie. I, I liked I him in Monsters it. Ball. That's all. Yeah. All he did good work was in Monsters Ball. And that's I don't it. think he's that bad. No. I don't hate him. No, 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 I don't no, no, hate no. him like Kevin Costner. No, I like Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton. <laughs> On a scale of Billy Bob Thornton to Kevin Costner. <laughs> I'd like to see him knife fight yeah. between the two of them. Yeah. I bet you Billy Bob wins. He's feistier. He's too crazy. He's crazier. He's very funny. He's crazier. I think Kevin would just fart at him and <laughs> that's how that would yeah, go down. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't oh. stop. All right. Oh. Well, let's get into some listener feedback, shall we? Listener feedback. Yeah. Can I read one? Go for it. So this one's from Tony, and it's our email. And so the subject is, your podcast saved me from thinking about work while I'm at work. <laughs> Whoopsies. <laughs> Sorry. And the message is, hello. I just wanted to let you know that I enjoy your Nerds on Film podcast. It sounds like the kind of roundtable basement discussions I would have with my nerdy friends. If I had nerdy friends. Uh, or a basement. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> you asked for feedback um, here. <laughs> That's how it ends. I, Tony. I mean, Tony, great. We're going to start a fundraiser to get you a basement. Let's get, let's get him a basement. How you say we're going to start a fundraiser to get you, you get friends. a basement. You get a basement. Everybody needs a place to smoke pot and listen to records. Yes. You know, and we can get you some nerdy friends too, Tony. We'll we can be, be your nerdy friends. We'll be your nerdy friends, okay? That's Just listen okay. to us. and I mean, clearly yeah. you're hanging out with the wrong kind of people if you like our <laughs> podcast but don't have friends that would have that kind of discussion with Cut. you. So. Yeah, Tony, Tony. Some, yeah. I'll be your Ch- friend, Tony. Tony. Just find me on Adult Friend Finder. Name is uh, <laughs> Long Dong Silver Since Retired. <laughs> Fuck that. You're on with, Tinder, uh, dude. With underscores in between every letter. <laughs> Sean, wouldn't you be on Tinder? Isn't Tinder your more up your alley? Tinder's what? like no. Tinder's like the hookup one, right? Yeah, yeah. But there, what's there's the uh, there's the other one that's strictly for gay males. I'm Isn't sure. that like that's Christian oh that's another singles. one I'm part of. It's called Bears versus Cubs, and it's like a Jesus big Christ. fat hairy guy, <laughs> tiny no. little non hairy guy fight club slash fuck no. room kind of thing. Oh my god. Oh my okay, gosh. who wants to read the Bears other one? Bearsvs.cubs.com. That's a free ad. Wow. Oh my god. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Sean, why don't you go ahead and read this one about Missy? As he's I'm like, sorry, I, made myself, I made myself laugh by being so horrible. <laughs> yes. You act like, it's not we're just that like, funny, but. 
<laughs> and we just kind of like all of a sudden you became a fog and i'm like i just hear wah 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 hey sean why don't you just read this thing <laughs> okay missy hit us up on twitter um missy's friend actually asked on twitter what uh what podcasts he should listen to and then she tagged us in her response which was saying that you should listen to nerds on history and nerds on film they're awesome and we said thank you for listening and she responded I can't stop listening to you. Feel like y'all are my people. My two obsessions are history and entertainment. So let's be friends. And so since then, we are indeed friends. So Missy, welcome to the club. Yay. So now we are friends with Missy and Tony. (gasps) Yay. And Tony and Missy should start talking and become friends too. We should play the the Golden Girls theme song right now. Yes. Um, (laughs) I mean, this is... being a friend. So, you know, it's really interesting. (laughs) Kind of like the whole, how the whole comic fandom thing ever you know first came about was because people would write into comic creators and say i really like this this issue i this is my opinion on your issue and when they publish those letters they would also publish your home address and people would write back to those people who were who wrote in and then they would all eventually start to have little meetups about comics and stuff like that and that's how conventions were like these kind of comic conventions were born so yeah through feedback people can actually become friends and stuff so we just make a connection i really love connection i really well or at least a friend connection let's not be presumptuous but (laughs) no let's be presumptuous presumptuous. tony tony and missy please Please invite us to your wedding. Nerds on dating. Yay. <laughs> wow. You owe us. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Give us your firstborn child. It's all okay. <laughs> I but promise guys... I won't do anything terrible to it. Mm. So if you guys are looking for an easy nerdy hookup, you can definitely uh, like us on Twitter or friend us on whatever. Follow us on Twitter. That's follow. So we are a few <laughs> likes away from a thousand likes on Facebook. Oh, we are. Like us on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Nerdonomy. That's where we're, where we're listed. Uh, you can follow us on twitter at nerdonomy you can follow our, our personal twitters i'm at sarah ash 16 i'm at roxy noberry i am at big sean mo and that's spelled s-e-a-n and uh you can also oh, follow oh you can follow brian hey brian ain't here yo oh yeah, yeah. we forgot to mention <laughs> brian's not here he's in a meeting his dick broke his dick broke his too. dick <laughs> is also broken it took a while his was a late onset dick breaking <laughs> It's genetic. Um, it's kind of like a bruise. It doesn't get purple till like day two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. His um, dick started then... curving like six days after. Oh my God. And his curved yeah. up. Mine went left. Like his it... went up, which means oh he's been pissing God. in his face this whole time. It's Everybody send him a get well card. It's been a rough time. I opened a portal to hell. I know. And you can send that get well tweet to at Brian Moriarty. Everyone should send get well tweets to Brian about his broken Yes, please dick. send get well tweets about his dick, about him pissing in his own face. <laughs> oh my God. Oh Jesus, what did we do? We did it. We you there. did this to Brian. I had nothing to do with it. I'm just a conduit. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're just a channel. Anyway. I am. <laughs> So, um, you can also go to our website, nerdonomy.com. Click that donate button if you're feeling so generous. PayPal will do anything a dollar and above. You can also click our links for Audible um, or Amazon if you want to do some shopping or if you want to pick up a baseball movie that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Have one delivered to you or watch it on uh, on Amazon streaming. That's really cool. It's a good service. It's a great service. And if you do that through our website, well, then it puts a little in our pockets and we're pretty pleased about that. So, <laughs> if you want to support us and continuing to make our podcasts, you can do that. Or you can just continue listening 
listening. And if you want to give us some positive feedback, um, you can email it or you can also let us know on iTunes. It's been a while since we've gotten a review. Oh, yeah. So um, be cool if you well, guys Well, no, do we've that had reviews, well. but we haven't oh. had word reviews. We've just had people mm. like giving us a star rating and that's that's it. fine oh. i that's cool too just review the hell out of us as long Make as it's popular. you know five stars we're good yeah true that true that tune into us next week same nerd time same nerd channel nerdonomy.com see ya bye bye and roll credits And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. If you build it, they will come. (laughs) That's creepy. That's it.